Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Tim Hortons. Uh, I'll take a coffee and... How about a bagel breakfast sandwich? They're just two for $4. Oh, I like that. Freshly prepared with savory sausage, fluffy egg, and melted cheese on a freshly baked bagel. Just two for $4. I like like that. I just fist bumped your speaker. Oh. I just fist bumped you back. Get two sausage, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwiches on a plain bagel or English muffin for just $4. Or mix and match for $4. Great quality at a great value. It's all good at Tim Hortons. No substitutions or additions. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Indeed, 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 ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 340 Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are live and live in color. Getting funky like a monkey, if you will. Of course, I am Chris Featherstone. We are here. We are live. Uh, of course, as we do always, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have some fun, as we always do. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, we have a we have a live Q&A tonight. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun as the uh, chat room is uh, filling up here. Uh, we're going to have uh, so much fun uh, with this person. This person has been on the show uh, before. Uh, I don't remember when it was probably six, seven, eight months ago, maybe. Um, it was right before, actually, I think it was right before maybe Raw 
25, maybe like right before, maybe a week before. Um, so, yeah, and now he's back, and we're going to do it uh, in Q&A style. Uh, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, get right into it. Eric Bischoff, how are you today, sir? How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing very well, Chris. Great to be with you. Awesome, awesome. So before we get into any questions, uh, let the listeners know about uh, your awesome podcast nowadays, which is uh, 83 Weeks. 83 Weeks, I think we've done... uh... I think we've been up in the we've been up now for about uh, six months. We've probably done somewhere between twenty and twenty six episodes. Uh, is my guess. Uh, our numbers, our downloads keep uh, growing every week. I think we're the number two wrestling podcast in the world, second only to Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, with something to wrestle with. Uh, and I don't mind, you know, if I have to be behind, if I have to be number two to somebody, I don't mind being number two to Bruce and Conrad, but uh, (laughs) it's going well. We continue to have a lot of fun and we're getting a lot of great feedback. So it's all good. Yeah. And, you know, at least you, uh, at least you share the co-hosts as far as the number one and number two, that's, there's the commonality of, uh, of of that. Um, And Bruce has been, Bruce's podcast has been around a lot longer than yours and to, you know, as long as, as well as a lot of other podcasts has been around longer than yours. And for you to, you know, to have to be the number two uh, podcast right now, a lot of people are interested in Eric Bischoff's stories. Well, I think, you know, what I think people are mostly interested in is the era, the Monday night war era, which Mm -hmm. I think is, hard to argue is probably one of the most significant eras in the history of professional wrestling for at least, you know, three or four generations. Um, yeah. You know, I, I second only to possibly that, you know, the early eighties when Vince McMahon, you know, kind of transitioned the business from being a, a territory business with regional television. When, when Vince embraced cable television and kind of dismantled all the territories, that was certainly in many ways, the most important era uh, in recent times. But I think the Monday Night War era is right there with it in in terms of the way it changed the industry and the way the product is produced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's really, really interesting uh, as far as the, as far as the era is concerned and how much you played a, a part of it. Uh, you were you were the adversary to Vince McMahon, and, and we talked a lot before as far as just how much you just respected your opportunity to work for the WWE, uh, and just uh, you know how, how much that how controversial that was, but at the same time how how much you really enjoyed uh, being a part of the WWE product, uh, you know, in, in spite of being you know the, the eighty three weeks being on top and. Uh, just the 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 war that y'all had for nearly six years. Um, just before we start getting into the questions, uh, I guess my question for you is: uh, you were talking about just um, uh, the 2000 Nitro uh, before, and uh, you're talking about Piper uh, now, but uh, just the 2000 era. Um, uh, what just what what are your thoughts as far as just uh, overall WCW product. And then, um, was it, did you feel like there was the writing was on the wall as far as just the end of the Monday night 
the Monday Night Wars in, in, in early 2001? Were you did you kind of foreshadow th- something? Because as far as I remember, um, you had a deal up, and you know some things fell through. After all that happened, what were you just over your overall thoughts on just CW was going? Well, let me uh, try to break that question down into a couple segments. You ask a couple questions there. Um, I mean, the handwriting was on the wall for me, as I've discussed many times before, probably going back to 1998 was when I first started seeing a real shift in upper management with Turner and AOL and Tim Warner uh, as a result of the merger. You know, and and wrestling fans tend to just – they don't want to hear it. They don't want to try to think about, you know, something that was much larger than the day-to-day operation of WCW is having such a dramatic impact on the business. But it's true. And there, there's a new book out now written by a gentleman by the name of Guy Evans. Uh, it's, it's called Nitro, The Incredible Rise and Inevitable Fall of Ted Turner's WCW. It's one of the best. It's the most researched most well-written book. The, the guy Evans is a, not only a journalist, he's an historian. He interviewed over 120 different individuals, many of whom were executives that nobody in the wrestling business has ever interviewed before. Very high-placed executives that were very instrumental in all of the things that went on with WCW. People that you know were way above my head. And that book really does such a phenomenal job of really breaking down what really happened to WCW. And it's not what, what, you know, most wrestling fans only know what they read in the dirt sheets and chat rooms and, you know, that kind of thing. And and unfortunately, those stories and that information is, is generally so far off the mark, it's sad. Mm-hmm. But the book does a great job. And I encourage fans who really, you know, who, you know, look, if you just want to get on, you know, chat lines and, you know, troll and get people talking and, you know, whatever, by all means, you know, have at it. But yeah. if you really, really understand what really happened to WCW, I encourage everybody to read that book. And, and the book will support, you know, to a certain degree. Um, what I'm suggesting here is the, the handwriting on the wall, as you reference it, really started in 98. It got worse in 99. By 2000, it wasn't just handwriting. It was, you know, blaze orange warning signs. Mm-hmm. And by 2001, yeah, inevitable what was going to happen. Yeah. Well, we we got some uh, questions rolling in here. Uh, we got Francesco asking, "What was uh, Eric's the toughest challenge when competing against WWE in Monday Night War?" Uh well, you know, there's there was not one single challenge. Um, there was, you know, a combination of challenges. You, you know, in the beginning. I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want it to sound arrogant. In the in the beginning it was actually quite easy because our mindset was that we had nothing to lose. We had everything to gain and nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Because when we started out, we were a distant number two and everybody predicted us, you know, to fail. All of the dirt sheet writers, everybody that, you know, talked about, thought about, wrote about professional wrestling. Certainly nobody in WWF took us seriously. Uh, we had nothing to lose. And when you're in a fight and you've got nothing to lose, it actually kind of frees you up mm-hmm. because you, there's no fear. You know, you're not afraid. You know, that's, 
it's one of the things that I think slows most people down and most businesses down and is, is fear of failure. You know, once you get, once you get to a certain point in business or in life, um, you, you're more careful about making a mistake. Mm-hmm. And That's when a good point. you're at the bottom and you've got nowhere to go but up, you don't have that fear. And sometimes that lack of fear propels you to a level that nothing else could. And, mm-hmm. and I think you just, it, it's a, I think it's a, it's a rule I think people should think about in life is you really sometimes just have to be fearless and don't yeah. let fear of failure slow you down. And that's where we were at. Um, so that's when I say, you know, I don't want to make it sound easy or, or arrogant, but there's a lot to be said for having no fear. Once we became successful, and this is where it gets complicated, this is the, the, the kind of opposite of what I just said, because I, I felt that, you know, I was guilty of this. Um, it's a lot easier to become successful than it is to stay successful. Mm-hmm. And once we got to the top and we were winning the Monday Night Wars, and we started second guessing ourselves. And of course, the competition, you know, they, they, you know, they got their ass kicked for you know, all of 96 and all of 97 and towards the end of 1997, they realized they had to do something different. And they, they kind of created the attitude era to, to combat what we were doing. Uh, and they did it really well. And once they started, once they changed their model to be kind of like ours and they, they created the attitude era, which is NWO thing. And they turned up the volume on it a little bit. Um, then, <laughs> then it got to be real challenging because it was not mm-hmm. only, you know, not only w- w- was I competing against the competition, at the same time there was a lot of internal pressure and changes within Turner that, you know, I had to also compete against the people I worked for, <laughs> believe it or not. So it was, yeah. it, it, took, it was an interesting time. Let's put it that way. Yeah, sure. Uh, I got some good questions rolling in here. Uh, Wildboy's asking, uh, "What have you? What will you have done differently with the invasion angle?" I'm guessing that question references the WCW invasion of of WWE yeah, or NWO. Yeah. Um. Well, a lot. <laughs> that that <laughs> angle was a mess. Um. Yeah. It. Look, it could have worked had the right people been involved. I think the biggest mistake that WWE made was revealing that Vince McMahon was behind the NWO. I think that was about that was about as much of a creative stretch of imagination as anyone could possibly take. And it just didn't resonate. It wasn't believable. The NWO is still successful to this day. It's still some of the hottest selling merchandise in, in, in WWE around the world. And the reason for that is, is it it had an authenticity. It was believable. It was organic. It didn't feel like a goofy wrestling story. Um, the, the way the NWO was introduced into WWE was a goofy wrestling story. And it lost its authenticity. People just didn't buy into it. That yeah. was then one of the first things. Yeah. What about the 2001 uh, invasion angle? Uh, 
you know, uh, Sands, a, a bunch of bigger stars such as, you know, Goldberg, Sting, uh, you know, even even like the Hogan's, they didn't come until you know, 2002. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on just the 2001 invasion angle that uh, didn't really last long? It actually ended up merging people like Steve Austin and, uh, you know, others, Kurt, even Kurt Angle, you know, to Team WCW slash ECW. What were your what's your take on that? You know, I wasn't watching it very closely, to be honest with you. I was kind of mm-hmm. separating myself from the product at that point. Uh, wasn't really very interested in it. But you know, from what I've gone back and watched and read, and, you know, discussed with other people uh, over the years, uh, again, you know, in an invasion angle, the only way that's going to work is if you have kind of the pillars, the tentpole characters, if you will. The Stings and the Lugers and, you know, the, the, the key people that represented WCW, the Steiners, the, you know, Ric Flair's, and have them all kind of working together and really cohesively representing, you know, the, the, the WCW brand. But they didn't do that. It, it was right. kind of a, it was a slow drip kind of approach to creative. And it just didn't work. It didn't connect with the audience. It didn't feel believable. They didn't have the right people. And I'm not, you know, not suggesting that I would have made any difference at all in that particular angle at that particular time. But to not have me, the guy that was running WCW and was the face of it and and had been such a big focus of the Monday Night Wars, to not be a part of that, you know, also kind of left it feeling a little bit incomplete and just not relatable. Yeah, and that, that's a that's a really good point. Um, got another question. JumpTube is asking, what was WCW payroll as a percent to total revenue uh, at the end of WCW? Wow, that's a really intelligent question. Um, I can't. I can't possibly tell you what it was at the end of WCW because I wasn't running things then. Um, when I left WCW as president in September of 1999, uh, to the best of my recall, we were probably operating at about, let me think this through just a little bit, probably around 28% of our total revenue um, would have been talent. And when I say talent, I'm including travel, all things associated with, um, I would say somewhere between 28 and 30, 31%. Okay. But I applaud the question. Just nobody, Nobody's ever asking a, a financial question with that much uh, the detail, so I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's see here. Got Muhammad asking, will you be at Crown Jewel or SmackDown 1000? No. Or neither? Definitive no. <laughs> Definitive no on both. <laughs> okay. Um, were there ever any real talks about Undertaker jumping to WCW? Did you have any actual negotiations with him? You know, that's a question that comes up so often, and I'm surprised. Uh, I don't know why it keeps coming up. I've said for decades now, which is weird to hear myself say, 
but I've, I've been saying now for decades that, you know, I never had one conversation with Undertaker, Mark Callis, or anybody that represented him or anybody that was a close friend of him. Uh, there was never a syllable of conversation with anybody about bringing in the Undertaker ever. But that, that, you know, urban narrative, you know, that question still floats around out there and yeah. people still think that you know, there was, there must've been some conversation, but there never was. Mm-hmm. Now Undertaker came to WWE in 90. Um, you were transitioning out of AW at the time. I was still in AWA at the time. I didn't leave AWA till ninety one or ninety two. I think ninety one. Gotcha. So probably you caught. So probably there was a two year miss between you and take from you and Mark Callis. Um, you know, not the Undertaker, but Mark Callis is the character because he was in WCW in eighty nine and ended up going to WWE yeah. in ninety. No, I, yeah. He was long mm-hmm. gone before I got there. I don't think I got there till ninety two. Uh, okay. Ninety-one. So I can't remember the year, but he was—he was long gone. Gotcha. Uh, what's your take on Cody and the Bucks? Uh, do you see WWE in their future? That was a two-part question. I'll answer the first part. Um, I love Cody. Don't know him very well. Don't know him well at all. Uh, he worked in WWE for a while while I was there. I certainly remember him when he was a kid, long before he got into the business. I was very close with his father for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the world of it. Uh, I think what he's done, you know, just back it up a little bit. Everybody's, you know, looking at the success of All In. Here's an event that, you know, these guys promoted with their own money, with no support of television, uh, an independent event in every, you know, sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And they did a $458,000 gate. So let's just call it a half a million dollars, which is unheard of. Um, I don't think anybody's ever done that in the independent scene. Correct me if I'm wrong. They did approximately a million dollars in pay-per-view revenue. And they did all of that without any television support. Think about that for a moment. Think about how it's astonishing. Because in the, in in the wrestling business for decades now, you couldn't exist if you didn't have television. You not only had to have television, you had to have have you had to have significant television, major cable, you know, major distribution. Syndication alone isn't even enough anymore. You have to have major cable uh, distribution and, and a platform. These guys did it without that. I think it's just mind bending. It just cracks me up in yep. a good way. So that you know, that's number one. And and number two, I think as people, you know, they're good people. I worked with the Bucks for you know a minute in TNA. I know them a little bit, not a lot. Uh, I only know them professionally. I don't know them personally, but I, you know, I look at those three guys and what they've accomplished. Now on to the second part of your question. I hope they don't go anywhere near WWE. Because they've they've built such a phenomenal brand for themselves. They're so successful independent of WWE that I can't imagine they would want to give up that independence and that creativity and the ability to do it again 
only to become a part of a much bigger machine. And there's, I mean, I think WWE is absolutely the place you want to be. If you're in a professional wrestling business, if you're a young wrestler, you know, that's where you aspire to go. But Cody was there. Yep. Cody was there. He chose to walk away, which makes me admire him even more because he was walking away from a, a solid six-figure income. Yep. He, he was making more than most doctors and surgeons and lawyers, even in the, you know, the limited role that he had there, uh, even though he didn't have a high profile, he was making more money than most, you know, brain surgeons. So to, to walk away from that at such a young age, because he believed in himself and had a vision for himself, I just think is such an admirable character characteristic. Yep. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Can't say enough. We could do a whole show about those guys. I think I think the world of them. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, a couple of rap, a few rapid fire questions. Uh, would you have done anything on how WWE brought in Sting? No, I, you know, I mean, it's easy to be critical, especially, you know, being an armchair quarterback. But look, it was what it was. Sting was at the end of his career. It was, a, it was a chance for Sting to, you know, step onto that big platform, to put a period at the end of his sentence and his career, to finally be a part of WWE at the largest show of the year. And look, I, I think it was what it was. Sting is a good friend of mine. I think he loved every minute of it. I think he looks back at it personally as one of the highlights of his career. And that's all anybody can ask for. Yep. Uh, Rampage, if you had to pick one professional wrestling match from the 1980s that was your favorite, which one was it and why? Oh, from the 80s? Uh, well, that's a big broad spectrum. I would say anything with Nick Bockwinkle and Kurt Henning. Nice. Uh, JJB, what is your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Oh, very subjective. I, I think it would have to be Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon, Ric Flair, probably, probably Stone Cold. Uh, Wait a minute, that was only four. How many are on the Mount Rushmore? Is there four or five? Uh, it's typically four. It's what, what, uh, as far as I remember, um, I can find that out right quick. <laughs> um, right, well, we're both, we're both going to get a American. <laughs> I'm sure someone will say something about it. Uh, as far as how oh, many, of course they will. Of course they will. Yeah. <laughs> Chat room. How many people's in the Mount, Mount Rushmore? I'm sure we'll get some, uh, um, Answers real quick on that. Until then, um, favorite moment in uh, four. Oh, all right, four. Keep people keep saying four, four, four. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, favorite moment in WCW. Question: The Hogan turn. Mm, yeah, that's that's a safe that's a, that's a safe answer for sure, and I think that's shared by you and many others. Uh, Lexi, looking back over your career in both WWE and uh, WCW, what is your biggest regret? What major decision would you have changed if you could? Oh, I mean, that's such a hard question Um, because I don't regret anything. I know that sounds arrogant or 
um, hard to understand in some respects. But you know, when I when I look back, and I look at I look at my time in wrestling overall. I, I don't look at increments of it. I, you know, I, I, I sit around and I go, wow, I was in this business that I loved 25 or 30 years. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, nominal amount of money. My my family got to go places and see things and do things that otherwise they never would have had the opportunity to do, all because I was in the wrestling business. And I still have friends to this day that I met in WWF, that I worked with at WCW, and here I am doing an interview in a chat room you know, on a Tuesday night, and people still give a shit about what I have to say. So it's hard for me to, to look back and be, regret anything, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I take the good with the bad. Uh, I think if there was a moment that I could call a do-over, <laughs> I don't regret it, but if I could call a do-over, it would have probably been, you know, sometime around August of 1998 when I was in a meeting and I've referenced this many times before, but it was at the, in that meeting when I, when I really uh, understood and began to feel, I began to understand, I didn't understand it completely, but I really began to understand just how much of an impact that the AOL Time Warner merger was going to have on WCW. And my instinct was to resign. And I, I went home and, and I told my wife and we talked about it for a few days. And I really I gave it strong consideration because, and that was at a time when we, you know WCW was still on top. You know my reputation, my 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 value at Turner was still very very high, and I and I knew that, and I knew I was faced with a decision to either believe in myself and resign because of, because I knew that the direction we were going was wrong or be a team player and do the best I could. And I chose the latter because I, I, it's kind of my nature. Um, I fought, I argued, I threatened, I, I, I did everything I knew how to do and it didn't work. So I stuck it out knowing that we were heading in the wrong direction. If I could do a do-over, I probably would have resigned. Because it would have forced a situation at that time that might have had, at least temporarily, it might have turned things around for a while and delayed the inevitable. But, but honestly, at the end of it, it wouldn't have mattered because AOL Time Warner didn't want wrestling. They just didn't want it. They didn't want yeah. it if it was hugely successful. They didn't want it if it was losing money. They did not want wrestling on their networks. That was the beginning, the middle, and the end of this story. All right, a few more for uh, I, I appreciate your time with us, Eric. Uh, just some uh, real quick ones. Um, let's do. Um, do you ever think CM Punk will ever wrestle again? I have no way of knowing. I don't know CM Punk. I've never met him. Uh, I don't know where his head is at. Um, I think there's a big opportunity, you know, if, if he were to do something with Cody and the Bucks and, you know, all in on the independent scene, I think he could, you know, make a big payday and, and have a lot of success and probably enjoy himself. Um, but mm-hmm. I have no idea. I don't know. Him. I have no idea what he's feeling or thinking. Yeah. All right. Two more. Um, 
Do you ever consider making a WWE return? Well, it's not up to me. (laughs) The only way I would consider it, if somebody would pick up the phone and say, hey, do you want to come back? Then I would be forced to consider it. Until then, I don't think about it. All right. What's your relationship with Vince McMahon today? We're friendly. You know, we're not friends. We don't chat. He doesn't call me up and ask me what I'm doing during the week. I don't call him and ask him what kind of workout he's in the middle of. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but we're friendly, I think, professionally. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him, if that matters to anybody. Uh, I, I wish him the best. I admire what he's done with his company. I admire the way he's built his company. He's got a lot of amazing people. That's what I admire about Vince McMahon more than his financial success is quite honestly the the loyalty and the quality of people that work with him and around him from the executive level all the way down to the people that, you know, are working behind the scenes that no one's ever going to meet, you know, the, 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 the the production staff um, at every level. You know, the people that work in the travel department that have been there for 20 and 30 years, that work their guts out and are so professional and treat everybody so well. I mean, there's just no matter where you turn in that company, you have some of the highest quality, most loyal people you'll ever meet. And mm-hmm. that's probably what I admire about Vince McMahon, you know, more than even, you know, the financial success that he's achieved. Yeah. Last question, Eric. Uh, what, what was your favorite WCW pay-per-view? You know, it's like saying, what's your favorite kid? <laughs> too hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. I would say, you know, I tend to like the Halloween Havoc series the best for me. And I don't know if it's because the fall. I've always loved the fall. I've always loved Halloween since I was a little kid. They were, you know, they were uh, they were pay-per-views that were themed very heavily towards the end, you know, in the, in the late 90s when we were really rocking and rolling. You know, we were at the MGM Grand in, you know, Las Vegas, and it was a massive event with 15 or 18,000 people. And it was fun being in Vegas, you know, producing a hot show. So I would I would have to say, you know, take your pick on Halloween Havoc. You know, I, I – the, but there were others, you know, I, I – for different reasons, you know, Starkey 97, I enjoyed to a degree. <laughs> um, yeah. But I would say, I would have to say Halloween Havocs. Awesome. All right, uh, chat, uh, we're going to have to stop it there. Uh, I, I value Eric's time, and so uh, I thank you for that very much. Uh, any closing thoughts? No, I just uh, want to thank you for, for inviting me on. I want to encourage people to check out 83 Weeks. This week's episode is. Uh, a tribute show to Roddy Piper, and we're getting a lot of great feedback on it. So I encourage people who haven't listened to 83 Weeks yet. It's available on wherever you get your favorite you know, podcast. Look for 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, this week's episode about Roddy Piper. And um, thanks for you know, spending a couple hours with me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for coming on the show. Eric Bischoff, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Bischoff. Someone just, Rob just said, "What did I miss? You just missed it half an hour with Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Q and A with Eric Bischoff. Uh, that's what you just missed. Uh, actually, about thirty-five minutes, uh, almost thirty-five minutes of uh, about a half hour, a little over a half hour with Eric Bischoff. 
Um, I did. I did advertise it. Someone just <laughs> he said, "Well, I kissed Eric Bischoff." Um, I did advertise it. Uh, follow me at Crave Wrestling uh, at Chris Prolific. Follow uh, the Crave Wrestling. Yeah, thank you, Wild Boy. Uh, it was on Twitter. Um, it was on Facebook. So uh, totally, very much advertised. It was shared among many groups. Uh, it was advertised on Twitter and Facebook. So, um, yeah, we'll have more of those. We'll have more of those. Okay. Um, <laughs> taking it yeah so there you go we'll have more of these and um we'll have more live q a for you guys all right um i used to have them a lot actually i've had one with uh jack swagger before i've had one with um my boy marty elias jtg matt seidel um i think djz um i've had i've, I've had a, i've had actually i've had one with vince russo before so uh, I've had quite a bit, so um, yeah, we'll have some more. We'll have some more for you all, okay? Because pa- pancakes and power slams is the best friends in the world, so I definitely want to make sure that you all are are being pleased with the with the Q and A. All right? Uh, can you get Vince McMahon? <laughs> well, you better be sure that I will try. Uh, Rampage, no, I have not had The Rock Uh, However, I have uh, talked to The Rock's agent Um, When I used to write for Fox Sports I almost landed an interview with The Rock Um, Almost But there was a scheduling conflict um, That that did not allow that to happen But the agent was really nice He thanked me There was interest But there was a scheduling conflict Um when I was when I was writing for uh, for Fox Sports, so. Um, but recently, I recently I got Goldberg. I, I did interview Goldberg recently. Booker T. I've interviewed over. I don't know. I don't even know. <clears throat> you know. You know who would be. You know who would be so over. Uh, and I would give much, many, many kudos to right now. Uh, Rob, don't jump off your roof. He said, "Jump off your roof now." Come on. Um. <laughs> Uh no, I've not um tried to get John Cena. Um thank you, wild boy. It was awesome. It was the greatest night of your life. Thank you. Uh I got an Ask Chris question as well that we'll get to. Uh this is a really good Ask Chris question from Brandon. Uh yeah, Heyman's a good option. Um Heyman's a good option. I think that I think I'll try to work on that. I'll try to work on Paul Heyman. Um would you be kind to have me on your show, sir? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, don't pull a foley and jump off a roof. We wouldn't want to lose. Yeah, that's true, man. Rob, you're one of the. You're one of the um, the, the the peeps. You're one of the family on the show. Uh, oh, good. Ask Chris questions. Um. Like Vince would say, Eric Bischoff. There you go. Uh, there's some good questions going on right now. Um, ask Chris. Uh, there was, okay. Okay, yeah, this is a good one. Brandon, are you feeling bald head HBK? 
I think he looks weird. Uh, Brandon, you and me both think that he looks weird. Uh, I am not a fan of it at all, not even 1%. I was going to talk about that uh, on the Raw uh, <laughs> raw portion. <laughs> but Ballhead HBK is, is a no-go for me, uh, totally a no-go for me. Um, it didn't look right. It just, I'm so used to Sean having long hair and it was recent because the last time he was here, he actually had hair. Um, the last time he was on the, uh, raw because I was actually there. <laughs> I, w- I was actually, uh, live at raw when he was at raw, the, the, uh, the undertaker surprise. And, um, he had hair. And I remember the whole WrestleMania time is when he cut the hair, cut his hair, and he had a uh, wasn't a big fan of it. I wasn't a big fan of the cut, but um, it, it, you know I understand why he wanted to cut. He was losing his hair like all right here he was losing it. Um, but you could tell. See that's that's the thing with going bald sometimes, especially with him. He's fifty three years old. If you're already balding, if you cut your hair bald, it's a really tough chance for it to come back. And you could tell on Raw uh, that uh, when you look at the top of his head, it was just like, you know, like bald. You can tell the shave on the sides, but just on the top, it was, I mean, it was like total baldness. So he probably saw it and was like, look. You know, I'm I'm trying to hang on, and uh, there's nothing else to hang on to, and um, you know, which is sad because you know it's. I think hair, you know, I, I'm a big fan of gear. I'm a big fan of gear. I think wrestling gear has a lot to do with branding. I think, especially theme songs, has I mean, probably the best form of branding with a professional wrestler is your theme song, uh, and a catchphrase. And I think even hairstyle has something to do with branding. Um, so, yeah, I think I think uh, that's why I wasn't a big fan of when Taker cut his hair. I was not a big fan at all, especially when he did the tombstone. The, the hair kind of drapes down and he just kind of whips it back. That's a part of that's a part of the Undertaker. That's a, that's the finish of the Undertaker. It's a part of of of, of the whole Undertaker gimmick. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, uh, before I ask another Ask Chris question, I want to take the time to, uh, right now, this is a Tuesday night. Uh, for those uh, on Facebook Live, it's a Thursday night. Again, uh, hashtag Ask Chris if you have any questions. Look at this on Facebook. Uh, any day of the week after Tuesday on audio, hashtag Ask Chris. This is Tuesday uh, night. It's a, we're closing Tuesday night here, October the 2nd. This is my eighth year wedding anniversary with my wife and I. So I want to uh, give a special shout out to my wife uh, for us celebrating our anniversary. And I'm here with you all on the Pancakes and Power Slam show as a, <laughs> as a, uh, as a bow to celebrate my anniversary day. So uh, I, you all are joining me today in, in our celebration. So, all right. Um, we got some good Ask Chris questions. Hashtag Ask Chris, and we got some good ones. Who was your best? Ooh, wow, boy, this is a good one. Put you over for that. Who was my best or slash favorite interview? 
Okay. Hmm. Man. Okay. You're going to make me look at the li- uh, at a list of my interviews here. Um, I'm going to go through some of them here. Um, I recently did Mike Knox. Um, that was fun. This show is this show is six and a half years old, and I've interviewed over a hundred people. Stand out. I mean, Mike Knox, Mike Knox over an hour a couple of weeks back, and it was really good. And he's funny too. We talked a lot off too, and he's funny, funny, funny guy. Let me look at these. I liked Jay, Jay Lethal was cool. I liked Jay Lethal probably because he's my favorite wrestler, and it was cool to interview him. Um, let's see. I'm gonna look and see uh, what my favorite. Uh, I'm gonna look at my list of my interviews and check and see my favorite. Interestingly enough, the most um, we get a real we get some some great uh, um, subscribers. We get a good subscriber count. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's always worth uh, plugging the show. Hey, subscribe to Pancakes of Power Sam show. Share. Uh, you know, let your friends and family know about the Pancakes Power Sam show so we can continue to boost uh, the uh, downloads, the audio downloads. Uh, I know we do a video thing uh, every week, which I, uh, you guys are awesome. And I love the chat, but download the audio as well. So there's my, uh, there's my plug quick on that. Um, so I'm going to pull some interviews up and see um, because I, I, I forget so much. Uh Johnny Gargano was was a good one. Um I actually did a piece uh of my interview on Johnny Gargano when I was writing for Sports Illustrated. Um hmm. Goldberg was good. He was friendly too. You know, here's the thing. Uh I always pay attention to how people are um off air. Uh, because of course you are, are are listening and hearing the people on air, but the conversations that I have with the people off air, um, it means that's that's the stuff to look at as far as like how good is this going to go, um, and how you know how much is this person kind of really willing to have a good time with me on the show because we have to feed off each other. There's some interview. I'm not going to say the names of the interviews that I. Didn't like so much, but there's one particular interview of someone who was a former WWE mid-card champion, multi-time mid-card champion in WWE. Uh, I, I interviewed him, and I was like, man, because, you know, I'm all, I, I, I love interviewing. I do it every week, and, I, and I'm all about just really vibing off of the person, vibing off of the wrestler, really filling the interview, having a, having a good time. Cause I've been a journalist for a while and to me, just like cookie cutter type of interviews, just, you know, I ask the question you answered and I go back the whole, you know, Chris Farley, Chris Farley is my time favorite actor. And, uh, you know, the whole Chris Farley effect, you know, it's kind of like, you, you, you remember when, uh, you, you did that on the movie and the person will be like, yeah. And, and Chris Farley be like, uh, that 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 was awesome. And then you know it's like you idiot, you know. And I, 
I do never I never want to interview like Chris Farley as much as I was a big Chris Chris Farley's the goat to me as far as an actor is concerned. But a lot of a lot of interviewers interview like Chris Farley. Um that's why I really enjoyed Mike Knox because he he had fun with me. We we had a fun interviewing together. Uh and so I always pay attention to that. Um so with that, um, I enjoyed um, I enjoyed uh, um, oh, uh, Matt Taven. I enjoyed Matt Taven. Uh, I had him on a few years back. Um, who has a list? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look at. That's a really good question. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see. Um, as far as the people I've interviewed who I really enjoyed the most. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, um, interestingly enough, one of the, as many people, that's why I went to the plug, the download, uh, audio download tangent, it's crazy enough, as many successful interviews I've had that's, a, that's had thousands and thousands of listens, one of the uh, most listened to interview of all time was Daniel Pewter. Interesting. I still find that incredibly interesting that, you know, Goldberg, Booker T, Rikishi, DDP, um, uh, Johnny Gargano. I mean, the list goes on as far as people I've interviewed, uh, current and former WWE guys, Drew McIntyre, I've interviewed him too. Uh, as far as just like, out of all the really big names that I've interviewed, uh, Daniel Pewter <laughs> was one of the most popular names uh, that I've interviewed of all time. So I, I always find it interesting. So, um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So how about how about we do this throughout this throughout the show, <laughs> throughout the show? Um, check out. Check out the inter- check out the interviews that I've done. Look at look at the list of interviews. Tell me a name. Uh, that's how we'll answer that question from for the for the show. Tell me a name. Um, and I respectfully, I respect every single person who I interviewed, and I'll, I'll respectfully let you know if I if I really enjoyed the interview, if it was okay, or if I didn't enjoy it that much. We'll do that. You, you all, uh, the Pancakes and Power Slams family, uh, you know, you deserve that because uh, you are awesome. Um, any more Ask Chris questions? Do you think the booking would be better? If, do you think the booking would be getting the booze and would Roman be champ and feed everyone if Eric was around? I do, I do think because Eric Bischoff said before um, the the interview that I, when I interviewed him earlier this year, he's a big Roman Reigns fan, and uh, he he would still have one of uh, he would still have Roman Reigns as one of his top guys, and I agree, I agree. Gabriel, uh, if there was a debuting faction of new talent in WWE, who would you put in the faction as members? Mm, good question. New debut now is this is this WWE or NXT? Um. Yeah, I'll. Uh, okay, so and you said WWE. Uh, Rusev is standing. Yes. Um. 
Lana just had an interview a few months ago and said he lost like 75 pounds. Um, okay. So four people that are not in the WWE a faction. Now, it's it's always better for factions to debut as heels. Although, you know, it's cool for them to debut as baby faces, but it, it usually gets a more shock factor. Shock the system. Uh, if they debut as heels. So I'll go... I'll go Kenny, Bucks, and Cody. I mean, that that makes sense. There you go. There's the faction. Kenny, Cody, and the Bucks. So I would have them debut uh, actually in NXT, the end of the show. I would have a babyface win the title. Um, You know, somebody like, uh, you know, you have uh, Ciampa and... Um, you know, Aleister Black, but Aleister Black isn't really a strong enough character nowadays. Uh, you know, he's out injured, but looks like they kinda, they're kind of they kind of moving Gargano heel, but Gargano would be the perfect baby face to, to jump, honestly, because, um, you know, he was one of the most clear-cut, you know, true baby faces. He's kind of going away from that, but Johnny Gargano would have been a good, option you know him uh finally get his comeuppance against uh well he's 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 beat Ciampa before but you know um they main event it take over this year you know they can main event take over next year um Gargano finally gets his comeuppance and at the end of Gargano uh, celebrating you have Kenny Omega uh Cody and the Bucks um jump him and that leads to a, uh, you know, perhaps a uh, Kenny Omega versus Johnny Gargano uh, title match. Cody Cody could go could feud for the North American Championship. Imagine Cody versus Ricochet for the North American Championship. That would be amazing. And Kenny Omega versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship would be amazing. Um, and then. Um, I don't like heels versus heels. You would have like the Bucks versus uh, um, uh, Undisputed Era. I, I wouldn't be a fan of that. Whatever you know, top babyface tag team. You know, um, Mustache Mountain. There you go. Mustache Mountain would be a good team. That's uh, the Young Bucks would. Cause, yeah, that would be, actually be a really good match. The Young Bucks versus Mustache Mountain. Because I would say I would say Hanson and Rowe, War Raiders. Um, but and I really like War Raiders. I've had I've actually had Hanson. Actually, that's another one. I, I I enjoyed my interview with Hanson. I enjoyed my interview. I've had a Ricochet on the show too. I really I actually Ricochet is one of my favorites. I really liked Ricochet on the show. Yeah, he's yeah he's up there too. Um, yeah. So Stash Mountain versus the Bucks would be really really cool. So there you go. All right. You know I love the Axe Chris questions, ladies and gentlemen. Before, you know, I haven't asked any trivia yet, so here we go. Uh, who was named ECW champion when it returned to WWE in 2006? Who was named ECW champion when it returned to WWE in 1996? Uh, 2006. I don't even know why I said 1996. 2006. Um, thank you. Thank you for all of the uh, congratulations. Um, 
Let's see. Can I get a happy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gabriel, you can get a happy birthday, 100%. Um, Brandon, why didn't The Rock and HBK feud? From what I know, um, from what I heard, uh, there was a couple of theories out. It was at the The Rock didn't wasn't uh, interested at the time to feud with Shawn Michaels when they had the opportunity, and then someone also said that there was some animosity between Shawn Michaels and uh, 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 the Rock's uh, family. So, yeah. So that's that's that. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, yeah, Chris Farley, absolutely. My favorite WWE set, I liked... Um, I liked... I like the SmackDown fist, man. You know, you you can't get uh, you can't. <laughs> Rob said loves the Chris Farley and De- Jeff Daniels and and Paul McCartney segment. Absolutely. You 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 remember when? <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. SmackDown fist. I mean, that's probably the most notable set of all time. Um, that's probably my favorite. Um, Angelina Love's interview you did. Oh, oh, thank. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, Zed, Zed said the Angelina Love interview you did was what brought you on board. I appreciate that. Um, I enjoyed Angelina too. She's uh, she's a sweet, sweet, sweet lady. Sweet lady. Um. GSP, do you think it ruins WWE today when they use the same sets for the pay-per-views? Absolutely it does. Back then, uh, different sets made it feel like an actual pay-per-view. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, cost-cutting is the reason why they don't have the sets anymore uh, and also the pyro. Um, But, you know, it's those those small nuances is what... um, you know, is, is what does it, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I miss the pyro too. So, Wild Boy's asking, do you see Bala's career now if he didn't get hurt in, uh, where do I see it if he didn't get hurt and relinquish the Universal Championship? Uh, probably, he probably would have lost it to like Seth Rollins or, um, I don't know, I don't think they had Kevin Owens ping to be champ. Uh, at the time, they could have, you know, so essentially instead of a four-way, you know, you would have had eventually like a Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens beat him. Um, and then he probably would have fell into uh, mid-cardom uh, after that. Um, okay, I think that's good for now. Ricochet versus Turkey Sandwich. We get five stars. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Speaking of, that, I liked. I, I enjoyed my interview with uh, Dave Meltzer too. It was uh, D- Dave Meltzer was pretty fun too. I've actually talked to him recently to get him back on the show. So that would be a good Q and A with Dave Meltzer. Would y'all be interested in that Q and A with Dave Dave Meltzer? 
We're supposed to be uh, talking. We're supposed to be scheduling him coming on the show. Um, RVD is the correct answer. Good job. RVD. RVD. Next question. Next question. Next question. Person was known in the WWE as the Colossus of Bago Road. The Colossus of Bago Road. Uh, backlash. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's so awesome about the uh, the sets, the WWE sets? I love No Mercy. I I, I still love No Mercy for '64, and um, they had all. I mean, they had all the classic sets, man. They had the No Mercy. They had the Backlash uh, kind of uh, hook, <laughs> the hook swing type of thing. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh think yeah very underrated wrestler I agree Brandon's asking about Elias on Raw oh yeah we'll get that we'll, we'll get to, we'll get there um yes Nathan James Nathan Jones good job Rob Zed wild boy uh yeah Nathan James <laughs> Someone who WWE deemed uh, so bad that they did not want him to be a part of uh, WrestleMania. Which I'm very happy that he was not a part of WrestleMania because that would have that would have just ruined the Undertaker streak um, uh, to the time because now is you know it was counted as a, a handicap match. But I would have definitely not been interested in a uh, in a tag team match with Nathan James. Uh, all right. All right, so Max, uh, okay, so yeah, people are interested in Dave Meltzer coming on the show. Legend has it, Nathan James would be on Super Showdown. <laughs> he has a pretty good acting career now as far as, our, as, far as uh, uh, last time I checked. He has a pretty good acting career, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let me ask another, one more question, and then... Um, and then uh, go to the headlines for tonight. Uh, I'm texting Eric Bischoff right now. Thanks. Uh, yeah, because he took time out of his schedule. Come on the show, and I appreciate that. So I just uh, texted him. Thank you. All right, so here's my next question. Nathan Jones was good in the condemned for like eight minutes. Spoiler. Okay. All right. You were just reciting a quote. <laughs> okay, uh, that's a good question. Um any more movie reviews in the in the future? Let me know. Let me know. Anything uh PG or yeah, not um not G. G G rated movies are kind of blah, except for my kids. Uh, my kids I enjoy my G rated movies with my kids. I don't watch R rated movies. Um so PG is my is 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 my lane. So any PG wrestling movie, let me know. We'll do a review. Well, boy, did you take your wife out or boy or buy her gifts today? Um, she took me out actually. I took her out this weekend. Um, we did a staycation. We I take her out every year. Uh, we're in Columbus, Ohio, the best city and state in the entire world. Go Bucks! Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> uh, big Buckeye fan, by the way, huge, huge Buckeye fan. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So I took her out. We had a staycation this year. I usually take her out. We fly somewhere every year. I surprise her. Uh, Florida, D.C., uh, Chicago, New York, Buffalo, New York, um, uh, different places that I usually surprise her every year. Um, but we decided to do a staycation this year. And, uh, yes, it was a great game jump, too, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I took her to a movie, um, went to eat, took her movie on, on Friday, and then on Saturday I took her to an insanely expensive restaurant. <laughs> you know, it was funny because it was, I'm a big fan of jazz. And so I was looking for like jazz events to go to late at night. Uh, so, so yeah, I was, so we went and I've never been, it was downtown Columbus and um, very nice, very nice area and uh, very upscale. And I was like, okay, so yeah, probably pricey. I was expecting that too. So, a big I love steak, a big steak fan. I actually had steak um, for my for my birthday. I mean for for the anniversary. My, uh, uh, my wife took me to a steakhouse and we got a couple's massage. She's a massage therapist, and um, yeah, so we went to the the show. I mean, we went to the jazz um, kind of uh, the jazz show at the restaurant, and uh, yeah, it was. So we. <laughs> first time I've ever been there and um, so I opened the menu and oh my goodness I I almost had a heart attack it was uh, yeah I went to go see uh, night school jump tube is what uh, asked me Um, yeah it it was insanely expensive like $80 steaks Um, yeah I wasn't expecting that at all (laughs) <laughs> I opened it. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> this, is, this is insanely expensive." Uh, Rob is asking, uh, "What TV shows do you like to watch other than wrestling related programs?" Good question. Good question. Um, big fan of Survivor. Um, big fan of Survivor. That's the show that my wife and I, I got my wife into Survivor uh, a few years back. Uh, yeah, everything's a la carte. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I love I love college football. Love, love, love. Co- like I, I, everybody knows how much of a wrestling fan I am. I love college football. All like, like wrestling is one, and college football is one A. I, I mean one A, and and wrestling's one A, and college football is one B. Love, love, love college football. So I watch college football all day long. Um, what else do I like to watch? Uh, like the, I was a big, I was a Jeopardy fanatic for a while. I haven't watched Jeopardy. I haven't watched Jeopardy in a while, but I was really big on Jeopardy. Um, I actually been to Jeopardy before. It was really cool. I've been to a, a live taping. Uh, what else do I like to watch? I like to watch Hack My Life, actually. Interesting. I love that show, Hack My Life. I love watching. Uh, I'm about to become a, do- a doctor in forensic psychology, so I love watching like um, <clears throat> investigation discovery shows. Um, you know, uh, any really anything on the investigation discovery, any documentaries. My wife and I are currently watching a, a documentary on Jody Arias. Um, 
Yeah. So the the, the Jody Airy story, which was really hot, uh, like five or six years ago, and my wife would like my my wife and I then we watched like crazy covers like every night of that, um, and we're watching it now. We're watching the documentary now. We watched the first one last night. Um, yeah. Any any like crime documentaries? Um, anything investigation discovery? You know, anything like that, I, I love. Um, never seen BattleBots. Have I seen Bible Black? No, I haven't. Um, tweet at tweet me at Chris Prolific. Um, give me like a synopsis of that and where to find it. And uh, you know, let me know. I have a Hulu. Yeah, I do have Hulu. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Probably we're talking about Wild Boy. I have Hulu, so it's probably that same docu- uh, documentary. Uh, Axe Chris hashtag Axe Chris. When people say Ohio State and not the Ohio State, does it bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. But I can see why. <laughs> I can see why uh, it would bother people. Uh, I do watch baseball. I'm a I'm a huge Indians fan. Uh, go Tribe. Um, also watch pro football, big Tennessee Titans fan. Uh, I also watch basketball. Uh, so my three, my top three is, is, uh, wrestling college football, a big college basketball fan too. Big, big, huge, huge Duke fan, huge Duke fan ever since 1990. Yeah. 1990, 28 years as a Duke fan. Um, Yeah. So Tennessee Titans is my pro football team. So yeah, this is a really awesome show tonight. I love these questions. These ask Chris questions is you're getting into the personal realm of Chris Featherstone here, and I I, I like it. I like it. Uh, ask Chris hashtag Ask Chris. Uh, why not the Bengals or the Browns? Um, because uh, because I'm a big Ohio State fan, and I started liking the Tennessee Titans back in '96 when uh, Eddie George draft got drafted over. So, yeah, um, yeah. So that's when I start start coming. I've been the Titans fan since '96. So that's when um, that's why I like the Titans. Um. All right, cool. I think that's. Uh, do I watch or play golf? You know, for like uh, JJB's asking that. Um, you know, if for probably like like when Payne Stewart was around, uh, Payne Tiger and um, oh goodness, who's the other real popular golf guy? Why is this? Why is his name slipping me? I don't know. Um, chat room, let me know. Uh, what was his, wh- wh- who's the other really popular golf guy? I remember this is like round. Uh, no, not Roy, not Rory, not Rory Mickelson. Um, older, older guy. He's, he's he's older now. No, not Jack Nicholas. That's that's way. <laughs> that's probably fifties now. Um, I'm sure y'all know, but 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so probably about a, a couple of years, about two or three years, I was a, I was real big into golf. Um, y'all know who was the other golfer name? Golfer's name? No, not Greg Norman, not Couples. No, that's that's like older, older. He was around when when Tiger, like when Tiger was like late nineties, early two thousands. Um, you know, he still plays. But uh, he, he started to. He's one. You know, he's one of the most popular. No, not Vijay Singh. Although that's a good. Uh, that, that, you know, that's a good. Yeah, I remember. That's a good person to, to say because I would understand why you would say that. Um, no, you understand all of the all of the names that are good are good people to say. Um, <laughs> not Ernie. Not Ernie either. All the people, no, not. Uh, I guess he's not as popular, but hey, yeah, he's one of the he's one of the big he's one of the most popular ones of the past thirty twenty years. Um, y'all are saying some really good ones, but I don't know. Uh, I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Um, I think it was the Masters when. You know that's going to bug me now because uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, not John Daly. That's that's like eighties. Um, I'm talking about like nineties and like two thousands. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let me know. Keep saying the golfers. Keep saying them. I don't know. Uh, if you ever come to the great state of, um, I can't read that. The great state of, I don't know. Me and my wife can have dinner on me at my restaurant. Your chef. My man, wow boy! You know what? I think I think uh, where where Detroit? I could I could read that. I'm joking. It said Michigan. I'm I'm, I'm joking. Um. Oh, what is that golfer's name? Thank you, wow boy. I appreciate it. Is it Detroit? Because Detroit's only like three hours away from us. Um, three three and a half. Okay. All right. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. I'll, I'll I'll hold you to that. I don't want this to deter the talk much, but being you love football wrestling, if you had to build a WWE football team, who would be your top five off positions? Oh, okay. Uh, like all time, a WWE football? Okay. So currently, quarterback, I would say uh, Dolph Ziggler, running back, um, um, quarterback Dolph Ziggler, running back uh, Apollo Cruz, um, wide receiver. Um, I would say probably like a Montez Ford. Wide another wide receiver would be. Um, <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, I'll say someone like a six foot six one, hundred eighty pounds, hundred ninety pounds. I'd say probably like Kofi Kingston. Yeah, like a Kofi. Tight end would be Roman Reigns. Uh, like a six three two fifty sixty. That's uh, that's fast. Good question. Who came up with the NWO angle? 
Jose's asking, Eric Bischoff. He was just on the show. All right. Uh, real quick headlines. Let's 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 jump into these headlines <laughs> real quick. Um, jumping ahead to the headlines. Here we go. Uh, yeah, Jack Nicholas went to Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, definitely got to give him some love for that. You know, we better get this. We better get this before. Before the show's over, okay. Um, as far as the the, the um, as far as who I'm talking about, um, googling most popular golf uh, <laughs> most popular golf uh, people, um, most popular golf golfers. There we go. Uh, yes, the the music. Um, Phil Mickelson. That's who I was talking about. Somebody said that already? I was talking about Phil Mickelson. Mickelson. I think somebody already said that. Yep, Phil Mickelson. All right, here we go. Next trivia question. Former WWE superstar Blank debuted in the company as Quang. Former WWE superstar Blank debuted in the company as Quang. Wow, boy, you did? Okay, yeah, Phil Mickelson. Is who is who else talking about? Okay. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Shawn Michaels coming back potentially to Survivor Series? To the Survivor Series, he may be back. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I, I think that uh, I, I'm not okay. I don't want to. I don't want to see. Michael's back at Survivor Series. Honestly, I, I don't. Um, I, if if he comes back as a single, especially especially bald head Michaels, you know what I mean? Like, it's a whole different thing now since Michaels is bald. You know, kind of takes away the brand a bit. To be honest with you, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so bald head Michaels, um, you know. I can see you. I'll see you one time, and I'll be okay with it. But uh, anything else uh, would be uncivilized. So, uh, great job, great job, Savia. You guys are awesome. Great trivia heads, Savio Vega. You had to recall how good Savio was. Yeah, Savio was very good. I agree. He was really good. Okay. Um what hap- what what happened Savio? Um Yeah, 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 he well, he he's uh he ended up being, you know, he he came from Puerto, Puerto Rico. Became, you know, he was one of the top stars in the World Wrestling Council and um he started um doing some booking stuff uh Puerto Rico again as far as I remember. Here we go. La Familia consisted of Edge, Vicky Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, and who? La Familia consisted of Edge, Vicky Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, and who? Uh, I won't say no to HBK return Chrome Dome or no. (laughs) Bald-headed Michaels. 
I think Undertaker wants Sean to retire him. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, if that's the case, which I which I did consider that, um, I would rather see that at Survivor Series, which I'm which I'm cool with. I'm, I'm cool with that. So, I'd rather see Taker Michaels at Mania, but Undertaker did, um, you know, he he did he did uh, in, uh, debut at SummerSlam, so that makes sense. I see a lot of answers as far as uh, who the person could be that's in the uh, La Familia, but none of them are correct so far. None of them are correct. Um, all right, so what's next? Um, Neville makes his return. Neville makes his return. What do y'all think about Neville coming back? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool that, uh, Neville, he came back in Dragon Gate, um, talked about how he, uh, you know, he's going to attack all the fan favorites, you know, he's still healing it up. And there's some, there's some discussion that he, uh, may be the surprise person that joins LIJ. Naito said that, uh, because, uh, Hiromu Takahashi is, uh, is injured. He said, take your time. You'll still have a spot when you come back. But um, they're going, there you go, wild boy. Bam Neely. Bam Neely. I wonder who, I wonder where he is. Anybody, anybody contact him. Let me know. I would like to have Bam Neely on the show. I'm sure he has stories for days as far as, uh, you know, why he was there for a hiccup in the WWE. He was, I mean, he was there for so short of a time. I would love, um, I would love to have Bam Neely on the name uh, on the on the show. Uh, next trivia question: Who won the nineteen ninety five WWE King of the Ring match? Who won the nineteen ninety five WWE King of the Ring match? Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, if Neville joins Lij, I would be interested in that because I think that uh, I think he just just run right through the juniors. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in that. Um, so the update in the Royal Rumble runner, Russell Votes uh, uh, reported this, and they said that as of now, it's a repeat winner. So I'm not a big fan. Yep, uh, we got uh, uh, Big Bald Bean, Rob, um, and GHP Mabel Viscera Big Daddy V um, Yeah yeah so repeat winner So repeat winner so far Is Austin um, And he's retired um, Orton Which will be a three time winner And I mean Orton's Having some really good heel work right now But I do not want Randy Orton to run again or John Cena. That would be terrible. I really don't want re- a repeat winner to win it because right now you have Orton, Cena, and Austin. Who else is a repeat winner? Um, Batista, he's a repeat winner. He's won twice. Um, who else has won twice? 
two or three. Well, there's only been one one ever to win three times, and that was Austin. Orton's won twice. Cena's won twice. Um, who else has won twice? Orton, Cena. Uh, the Triple H win twice. Sean, yet, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Triple H did win. Sean Michaels won twice too. No, Flair just won in '92. He's not. He's never won. He, he didn't win twice. No, Rock only won it in uh, in 2000. HBK's won it twice. He's won it in uh, what was it '95 and '96. And um, I highly doubt that they would have. Shawn Michaels win. That that would Yeah, Hogan won it twice. Um they wouldn't have Hogan come back. He wouldn't win it. JJB's asking me what's my favorite Royal Rumble. Um The first one that stands out is ninety two I mean because it was for the title. I know that they just did it, you know, what, a couple of years ago for the title, but definitely wasn't the same. Um that's the one that sticks out the most is ninety two. I think that there's a I think that I liked one better. I think I'm gonna watch all the Royal Rumbles and I'll be able to uh <laughs> I'll be able to give you a more accurate answer on that because I don't think my answer is ninety two. That's the one that sticks that that's the one that sticks out now. That's probably the most popular one of all time. But I don't want Flair to win at that time in my life. So that it that didn't, you know, that wasn't good for me. I don't even know if I there was ever a, a rumble that I actually wanted someone to win. I mean, I wanted the, I mean, I wanted Hogan to win his rumbles. Um, the Taker one was good. I think it was 07. Was the 07 Taker uh, the one for Taker? Um, let me know. Was was 07 the one that Taker won? Uh, I think it was 07. Him and Michaels was the last one uh, in there, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think maybe that's my favorite. Maybe maybe 2007, because uh, if I remember, the one that Taker won was the was 07. I think 07 was really good. Um, let me find that out real quick. Who won the 2007 Royal Rumble? If I'm my my guess is Taker. I knew I used to know all of the. Watch my Royal Rumble. Watch my episodes over the past year close to the Rumble. I know I used to know all of. If I think about it long enough, I can tell you every single Royal Rumble winner from start to finish. I think Taker won in '07. Yes, Taker. Taker won in '07. Um, all right. So yeah, you know, having a being a repeat person, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, there was some there were some rumors of uh, Andrade and Amos, um, great in the ring, but definitely not, you know, someone I would want to you know headline WrestleMania. So no, no way. Um, what's next? Uh, Shelton Benjamin frustrated about not competing. Uh, he beats Daniel Bryan. I just. You know, Benjamin's grossly underrated, and he, you know, I don't, you know, they they brought back, when they did the split, they brought back Gender, Benjamin, and Kurt Hawkins. 
Now, Jinder ended up being, uh, you know, WWE champion and all that. And then, but Benjamin, you know, he got hurt and then he came back. I like the, I like the, you know, team with him and Gable. You know, they never got a chance to, you know, become, you know, the the top team. But now, I mean, you know, grossly underrated, man. But, you know, I think that uh, he's unfortunate. He's He's in that type of position where now he is, He's kind of forced to just be there, and that's the that's the sad part of it. I don't see I don't see WWE at the, at this point of Shelton Benjamin's career. I don't see the WWE really doing much of anything with them. So, unfortunately, all right. Um, let's get into Raw and SmackDown. What do you What do you grade Raw? What's your grade for Monday Night Raw? I would give Raw. Um, With the exception of the end of Raw, uh, I think that it was bad. I think it was terrible. I think Raw was terrible. I was so out of it. I was so just dejected from Raw watching it. And, you know, it's so funny because uh, my, my wife is a, definitely a casual fan. She she wants me to um, watch it with her, but uh, she's usually like, doing something like like folding laundry or something. Monday's her laundry day. So like she's usually like folding laundry, watching stuff and she was like, Hey, can you you know, she asked me like, Hey, can you can you watch it upstairs with me? And I'm usually having to do work in my office um and while I'm watching Raw uh and or watching Raw and, and doing some something on my laptop. But yeah, we I had some time to watch it with her and I was playing um, games on my phone, like, and this is like literally, I was playing games on my phone. I was looking on my phone. I was on Facebook. I was just so out of it watching. Bro, it was so boring to me that I was just. And she was like, you know, she jokingly because she knows that I've, I, I do a pretty good job, you know, keeping my attention and staying focused. But uh, <laughs> she joked with me and was just like. Uh, it's Raw's not keeping your attention. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's definitely not keeping my attention because it was it was just insanely boring. The end of Raw was fantastic, uh, minus uh, hashtag uh, Baldy Sean B A L D I E Sean. That's the hashtag we're uh, creating here, the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Baldy Sean. Um, yeah, but uh, Dean Ambrose entering interview uh, has a Option. So basically, it was revolved around Ambrose kind of teasing the turn again, and there's no way he's going to turn on Raw because they have to have a match scheduled for a Super Showdown. Come on, guys, why would you even tease a turn for Raw, knowing that you'll that you know that Super Showdown was uh, this week, unless they're you know kind of teasing it and for Super Showdown if if they decide to turn them then. But yeah, whatever. Um. So yeah, he loses against Ambrose by DQ. He loses against Strowman by DQ because of interference by the Shield. Reigns beats Ziggler. Um, Connor uh, beats uh, Bobby Roode. I don't know what's going on with this Connor push that they're having now. 
Um, looks like they're just kind of building this probably for uh, a tag team match to happen again. Yeah, for some reason they're <laughs> they're thinking something of Connor again, which makes sense because he's a monster. He looks he looks like he looks like a monster. Um, but they've been misusing him with the ascension. Um, but I mean, this is probably going to lead into a, a loss. Uh, against him and uh, Chad Gable, against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. B-Team beats the Revival, ALP attacks them, McIntyre beats Seth Rollins. That match was that match was good. I mean, Rollins is probably the best wrestler in, in WWE right now. Um, the Elias and Kevin Owens segment was, I loved that. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. That was so old school to me. And and to me, you know, it's one of those things that now Undertaker was talking about this. You know, he had a rare interview with uh, Pastor Ed Young uh, for the for the new wrestling uh, wrestling series uh, recently. And um, he was talking about how moves, wrestling moves should just be utilized to further a story. That would that should be wrestling, and I agree. I agree. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to that. Now, don't get me wrong. The Ricochets, the real Osprey, even Ricochet uses his moves to further a storyline. We saw that with Velveteen Dream. Um, but uh, like the Will Ospreys of this world, fantastic in the ring, fantastic in the ring. But even someone like a Zack Saber Jr. as as athletic and good as he is in the ring, um. Right now, he's doing some of his best work because he's doing a really good, you know, he's becoming a really good heel for Suzuki Goon. Uh, we saw that at Fighting Spirit Unleashed. So, you know, I, I, it, characters is where it's at, and I think that the fans is kind of, kind of messed that up too in a lot of ways. WWE and just wrestling in general, they, they, they have this kind of rule where. Uh, that's a good question. Where's Sanity been? I'll check on that. Where's Sanity? Um, yeah, just the faces and the heels. And I, and I interviewed, um, I was a part of a conference call last week for Ring of Honor. And uh, I, I was a part of a panel of uh, media uh, personalities that interviewed uh, Jay Lethal and Madison Rain. And uh, yeah, I, I was, I asked that to Jay Lethal as far as, you know, two of us role models wrestling wise is, is Randy Savage and Ric Flair. And I was asking him how important it is for characters to him. And he's like, yeah, we live in a gray area and people choose the faces and heels. He said, personally, I still like when there's like, you know, a good baby face and a good heel. And I, and I totally, I totally agree uh, with that because that's what really put people over, <clears throat> you know, having someone to cheer and to boo. And I think Elias and Kevin Owens did such an incredible job just booing the Seattle crowd, which is okay, which is which is weird. Let me tell you why. You know, no disrespect to Seattle. I don't know anyone who lives in Seattle. I don't think I do, unless someone moved from you know to Seattle from high school or something or college. Um, I was confused at Seattle on Raw because. They booed the snot out of Elias and Owens to the fact that they couldn't even talk, which was 
excellent. That's what he'll, that's the type of reaction he'll, and my, my wife, she was just in awe of it. Like she was like, she did catch that part and she was just like kind of sitting there. Like we both were just kind of sitting there and I was just like, yes, you know, and she's, she knows, you know, faces and heels and things like that, but she didn't understand the reaction. And uh, I was like, this, this is what heals. This is what it's all about. You know, she was like, wow, they can't even, you know, say anything. I'm like, that is awesome because that's what heals. Heals get to the point where it was so like BJ Whitmer. I got to give him some credit, man. There was a point at ROH. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, those boos felt like that day when HBK gave Canada the bird. Yep, I remember that. Um, yeah, I I loved that heat and um. Yeah, it was, it was. It's we need that type of heat again, you know, because that's what really, really puts you over, you know, as as a wrestler, and uh, that's what that's what really distinguishes the good guys from the bad guys. But yeah, Seattle they confused me because they, you know, they they booed them like crazy. But I'm like, okay, so I'm a big basketball fan. Our, you know, Seattle Sonics, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Detlef Shrimp, you know, the the legends. Uh, you had a uh, KG for a year uh, before they went over to OKC, and I'm like, so if I were, if I got if if I remember, this was 2008. If if I if I remember correctly. Because of a lack of public funding uh, to uh, get out of debt, and they owed some money to Key Bank, if I'm not mistaken, the arena, uh, for their lease. So because of some poor financial decisions from the Seattle people, um, and then the mayor promising that uh, the the franchise who was sold to the Seattle Storm, then sold to like the Starbucks guy, if I'm not mistaken, and then like some uh, association in Oklahoma City. I think the mayor said, "Yeah, we're still going to have it in Seattle," and then they move over to Oklahoma City. So, if anything, you need to boo the Seattle mayor back in 2008 for giving you an empty promise. Um, you know, so I, I don't know why you would boo the people who told you about Seattle and it's, you know, domestic, it's within the city that the reason why it's not in Seattle anymore to move over to OKC. So I don't think people know their history when it comes to that. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the heat was awesome though. Uh, the, the, the heat was absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, that was, that was the, that was the second best part of the night. The 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 first was the the, the taker Kane Michaels and and Trip thing. All right, uh, SmackDown. Um, SmackDown was a mm, yeah. The pain is still fresh. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's true. And then they go to the finals five years later uh, as OKC. Yeah, that that's very true. Very true. Um, <laughs> Uh, Renee is really coming into her own. I'm still not. I'm, I'm still not sold on Renee yet. Um, sadly, I'm still not on the Renee train yet. Um, um, I, I love our truth. 
I, you know, Carmella's fitting well into that babyface role. And, and it's funny because it seemed like she would have been a heel for a while. I mean, she was she was just the obnoxious heel, which worked, and it was really awesome. But uh, she's really fitting to this. I love our truth. I, I just I got a soft spot for our truth, man. Just for the past, you know, what almost twenty years, the whole getting rowdy thing was weird to me. But when he became on the Truth Killings in NWA, the first black NWA champion uh, after all the years of the franchise, uh, he was the first black NWA champion. How about that? Ended up winning it twice. And so, yeah, I mean, I've talked to R-Truth on the phone uh, multiple times. Nice guy. Super duper nice guy. Um. So I wish him, you know, I just wish him success, man. Just as a, you know, as a person. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad that they're rebounding. I'm, I'm glad that he's like, um, the man on Smack. One of, you know, he's one of a, a big thing, um, on, on SmackDown. The only criticism I have about that match is they did a dance break, but I think they should have done the music. And I, I think they should do that every time. I'm glad that they beat Almas in, in, in Vega. I don't think that hurts Vega and Almas because R-Truth and, and, and uh, Carmella are very hot commodity right now. Um, but I think they should do this. I think, um, yeah, R-Truth for Live podcast, you know, that's actually pretty good. I, I know a lot of people in uh, WWE, the only thing is WWE is so strict on on that stuff. They're so strong. I, I have people, I, I I know people and talk to people who are current WWE and they're so, so strict on that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I think from now on, when they do those mix matches, I think that they should say dance break and then do the same music. They, they broke out on truth TV and just do a dance break. I think that that would be so over. Absolutely. Uh, all right. <laughs> I think, yes, Rob, yes. Our choose to be tag champ and not believe his champ. Like, keep telling his partner to get away and stop following. <laughs> I think that she just gave WWE an idea, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, credit to Rob on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I'll be fine with R-Truth and Nakamura for the U.S. Championship. And R-Truth win, actually. Uh, I love Nakamura, but they're doing such a poor, poor, poor job with with Nakamura. They have underutilized him like crazy. They're doing a terrible job with Nakamura. Um, Yeah, I'm not not buying the AJ and Joe feud. Uh, I'm just not. The one night in Milwaukee segment... That one is planned. They they cut off the I want you, and it seems like they're going to develop further because Lana because they're taking it out of context, which which makes sense. I think this is I think this is good. All right, Becky Lynch thing at the end. People don't want uh, Charlotte Flair to be a babyface. I think it's quite clear. So quite clear. They keep trying it, but it's not it's not working, ladies and gentlemen. It's not working. Um, all right. I'm not either with AJ Joe. Yeah, I just I'm not into it. I'm just I'm just not into it. I think it's I think it's a bit cheesy. You know, I think they're really trying. I think they're really trying to stretch, make it a thing. And 
I just wasn't. It's just not. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in, in this storyline. So, next trivia. Ken Shamrock has one reign as WWE World Tag Team Champion. Who was his partner? Ken Shamrock has one reign as WWE World Tag Team Champion. Who was his Yeah, so I would give SmackDown probably a solid C, just a flat-out C. I would give Raw a C minus. Uh, before the Elias thing, uh, D minus. The Elias thing brought it up to a D plus, and the Michaels uh, Taker Trip Kane thing brought it up to a C minus. So, Brandon, yes, good job, big boss man. Or as Nels would say, boss man. Was anybody else scared of nails when they were kids? I was scared to death of nails. <laughs> it was, I was like ridiculously scared of nails. Like that's when wrestling was real to me. I was absolutely scared of nails when he would come. I was like, man, you know, you guys need to really take him to the jail. Like to jail, you guys really let him out of jail, and you really need to take him to jail because he's. He's attacking someone. He's about to kill him. So that was my mindset when nails would come out. All right, flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Um, he was more scared of Zeus and Noho's Bard. Yeah, Zeus was scary, but uh, yeah, he was scary too. I agree. But uh, yeah, I was nails was just like. Ridiculously scary. Came out in the in the in the suit, the the uh, the prison suit. It was just it was a scary sight. Um, yes, week absolutely. <laughs> Who were Davy Boy Smith's tag team championship partners in WWE? Who were Davy Boy Smith's tag team championship partners um, in WWE? Yeah, I think uh, what what you were nine to ten in the host part. Yeah. Uh, you were scared of Isaac Yankum, Brandon? Just Chucky the doll. Yeah, I was scared of Chucky for a little bit too. Uh, GSP's asking, do you, uh, do you miss the brand only pay per views? I do, I do. I don't like the, I don't like the dual branded pay per views. I'm not a fan of them at all. It's too long. Four hour minor pay per views is is stupid to me. Uh, you're not really pushing your characters. Bring it back to the dual branded pay per views. I think this whole thing is just—they're just throwing stuff, and it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Absolutely, just zero sense. Four-hour minor pay per views is a bad call. Underdeveloped storylines, and you're just throwing them on a four-hour minor pay per view. It's just, just terrible. I, I don't like this, this at all, actually. Uh, Wild Boy and Rob, yes, have it correct. Good job, great job. Dynamite Kid and Owen Hart. Someone, uh, someone said Gabriel said Lex Luger. Good, good choice. The Allied Powers never won the tag team championships though, although they had one of the best WWE theme musics of all time. I loved the Allied Powers theme song. Burnt, 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 burnt. 
It's a big fan of it. All right, so here are the final eight, or as uh, the elite eight in basketball, based on your votes. This is the best 1980s WWE wrestler never to win a WWE championship. So here we go. Uh, to this day, WWE TLC 2016 was a great brand only premiere. Yeah, Mizendorf, uh ladder match was classic. Yep, I agree. All right, here we go. Paul Orndorff. Bam Bam Bigelow. Which one? Paul Orndorff. Bam Bam Bigelow. Which one? Uh, out of those two, what's one out of your those two? Looks like we got Triple B so far. Yep. Bam, bam. Remember that? Remember that theme song? <laughs> bam, bam. Bam, bam. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Who's next? Yep. <laughs> uh, King Kong Bundy and uh, Dunkyard Dog. Yeah, I love Bam Bam's attire, too. I agree. Bam Bam was Vader. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, some Japan stuff. Looks like Bundy. Really? I love JYD. Oh, wait. Here's the surgeons. Oh, wait a minute. So it's tied. Okay, it looks like Bundy got barely the stretch. Wait, there's there's JYDs. It looks like there's looks like we're kind of tied up. What do y'all think? Okay, so looks like Bundy barely got a stretch. Yeah. Wait. Looks like JYD got a got, got a last minute stretch. Okay. Yeah, Bundy. Looks like Bundy barely got it. Barely got it. I would have picked I would have picked JYD, but uh you all are the you are are the uh are the people. You are the you are the votes. Dusty. Uh, Dusty Rose, Dusty Rose, baby, and Cowboy Bob Orton, Cowboy Bob Orton, which would be a pretty, this would have been a pretty good, uh, pretty cool, uh, feud back in the day. Uh, Dusty Rose, baby, and, uh, uh, all right, so it says Dusty. Dusty, 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 Bear Bell. All right. I can't find the Harley Race one. So Harley Race against uh, Jake Roberts. Wait. No, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. It was Dusty and Roberts. It was, I'm sorry. Dusty Dusty Rhodes and Jake Roberts. I don't know if y'all changes changes, uh, what y'all think. We got Dusty or Jake. Dusty or Jake. Um, 
Okay. So it looks like y'all going with Dusty? Yeah, looks like y'all still going with Dusty, it looks like. Uh-oh, y'all got some snake? Dusty, Jake, Jake. Uh-oh. Did that change you? Still Dusty? Okay. Y'all still, y'all still got Dusty? Yeah, it is hard. I agree. Dusty and Jake. Uh-oh. Looks like I got Jake. Looks like Jake with the upset. Jake, DDT. Yeah, looks like Jake uh, came through. Dusty for me. I'm a big Dusty fan. Dusty's the GOAT for me. All right, who you got with uh, Harley Race and Cowboy Bob Orton? Harley Race and Cowboy Bob Orton. You don't think Jake was never championship material, JSP? I, th- I think Snake was. Uh, was. All right, Harley Race.
Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. Every family is a universe, a network of people who love and support and count on one another to be there. And in every universe, there's a center, a rock, an anchor, the person you couldn't live without. At Mercy Health, we know every patient means the world to someone. So we provide the compassionate care you need to stay strong and healthy for those who need you. Mercy Health, health care for the universe of you. To learn more about how we care for your universe, visit mercy.com universe.